This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's Voice of Change time with myself, Lauren Jacobs, on this wonderful, wonderful Thursday afternoon, getting into the evening, getting cold. Can you feel how, you know, winter is absolutely around the corner? And it's, you know, it's such a nice, nice time to just snuggle up and to get warm under those blankets or, you know, by that fire, ooh, by that nice warm fireplace, if you happen to have one. And you know what? I just hope that you've been having a wonderful, wonderful day. I hope that it's been such a blessed week. It was so wonderful to be, you know, spending time with the listeners last week when we were doing Visionathon. I got to spend three days with all of you and it was so wonderful just to be connecting and to be seeing all the beautiful, you know, messages coming through testimonies. Thank you so much to those who were pledging, those who were giving. You know, it's just such a blessing to see this outpouring of love and just this outpouring of support and speaking of love and support you know here on voice of change today it's all about you know being the change making the change and amplifying change and it is really about you know amplifying love and how we are connected as human beings and how we can support one another and see one another in difficult times and be there for one another and that's really what you know the heart is of the show today because i'm going to be joined by two incredible individuals who are working right now on the front lines of the situation that we are seeing in Eastern Congo, you know, right where the volcano erupted on the 22nd of May, while, you know, people were sleeping, people were at home, people were with their families, people were, yes, snuggled up watching TV or, you know, just having a cup of coffee when all of a sudden the volcano in Goma erupted and lava was spewed out onto the streets and everything changed now we know that congo has such a big problem with internally displaced people in fact i was on a conference just two weeks ago where the new stats for you know internationally internally displaced people were being revealed for you know 2020 And Congo was right up there at number one with such a huge amount of internally displaced people. And now this is the reality of what's happening now with volcano having erupted. We know and we see refugees. We see so many people that have lost their homes. We see a situation that is quite serious. So today on the show, I'm welcoming Pappy Orion and Fabrice. And they're going to be talking to us about what is happening now. Fabrice was right there. He's in Goma as we speak he is helping on the front lines you know helping with so many things that he's going to be sharing with you tonight but also he was right there when that volcano went off a lot of the pictures that he's taken have been shared thousands of times across social media and so he's going to be with us he is going to be speaking to us in french but don't worry papi is going to be translating everything and you're going to want to stick around here what these two incredible guys have to share with us today because you know what we need to know what is happening there isn't that much media voice on what the people are facing in Congo and literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of earthquakes and tremors are taking place almost 
every single hour in Congo right now. It's not over. It's not over for the people. And so let's join together. Let's hear what they have to say. And you know what? Let's open up our hearts and just hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to us today. Because I really, really feel as I approach this and as we get into this conversation, I really, really, really feel that this is something to really pray about. So don't go anywhere. You know, Pappy and Fabrice are with me after this. Pappy and Fabrice, it's so good to have you both with me today. I'm so grateful to be having this conversation about what has been happening in Congo. And just for the listeners today, Fabrice is joining us and he was right there when the volcano went off and he is busy, so busy on the ground helping. But we're going to do a little bit of a translation. So for those who speak French, you'll be able to follow. But for my listeners who are English or Afrikaans speaking, don't worry because Pappy is going to be translating everything for us at the beginning of the show. We really wanted to get Fabrice on and just be sharing about what he really saw and what he went through. And so Fabrice and Pappy, I'm going to put it right out there uh, you know, Fabrice, we want to know exactly what was happening on the day, what happened with the volcano, what was the experience, you know, what happened with the people. Um, could you just share your story with us? Oui. Um, premièrement, je devrais dire que personne ne s'attendait pas à ce que les volcans puissent couler. Bon. Donc, il euh, y a un, un petit temps, des médias internationaux parlaient déjà du volcan. Et il disait que voilà, et ça menaçait tout le temps et à tout moment. Mais ce qui n'était pas bon, c'est parce que nos autorités n'ont pas pris cette alerte euh, au sérieux. Donc, euh, c'est un peu plus difficile pour nous. Et parce qu'on se disait qu'après un temps où les, les volcans, ça, ça, ça a pu euh, faire éruption, il y a à peu près dans 19-20, donc euh, on s'attendait toujours que ça puisse venir. Mais malheureusement, euh, personne ne s'attendait pas et... Voilà, donc euh, c'est un peu ça. Euh, je pense que c'est un peu plus difficile pour nous parce que ça, ça s'est venu à un moment où nous-mêmes, euh, on ne croyait pas. Il s'est fait que le volcan avait commencé bien avant sans que tout le monde ne le sache. Et c'était tout un samedi comme le week-end comme tout autre. Et voilà, on a terminé juste la journée et, et les soirs, on, on remarque que voilà, dans le ciel, il y a ça change de couleur et qu'il y a des, des, des couleurs presque rouges dans, dans le ciel. Donc, euh, on ne comprenait pas. À un certain moment, on pensait que ce sont des maisons qui étaient calcinées euh, juste à côté. Mais quand on, 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 on a vu clairement que ce n'était pas de maison, mais que c'était euh, le volcan qui, qui, qui venait. Un volcan qui avait commencé très tôt dans la journée sans que personne ne s'en rende même compte. Même les autorités, même l'observateur qui est censé... Euh, censé surveiller les volcans, observer tout mouvement. Ce que nous déplorons de, de notre côté, c'est parce que euh, cet même observatoire euh, était confronté à des problèmes, voilà, à des problèmes que nous-mêmes, nous, nous ne savons pas c'est quel genre de problème. Soit disant que les financements n'étaient pas, pas assez suffisants pour euh, euh, continuer à surveiller les volcans, et voilà, comme les experts et comme la population et les autorités, tout le monde a été choqué de voir les, les volcans. So, um, we, it was a certain uh, evening. Uh, nobody knew what, what, what was happening. Um, uh, we, we know that uh, people 
the international media have talked about volcano and mm. um, they have talked uh, that something something was going to happen something was going to happen so that was going to erupt but we didn't know exactly when that was going to happen also the government never warned us and tell us that okay this is going to happen at a certain day and um, so that brought a, a big problem because um, I feel like our government really does, uh, doesn't really care and uh, really didn't put enough efforts on finding out what was the, what exactly was going to happen. So um, the thing is, uh, w- that evening we saw something happening outside. We saw something like a fire. Uh, so we thought at the beginning that it was just a house uh, that was uh, was burning. Mm-hmm. And um, after a few seconds, we realized the volcano and so um and that kind of surprised us a lot because nobody knew exactly that it was going to happen at that particular time um and even the camp the organization which is um uh in charge of observing the volcano um they don't have enough means to kind of uh, detect what is happening the government uh, the organization said that they they don't have enough finances to be able to control everything that is happening, but um, yeah, that is briefly what mm. what 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 has happened. Yeah. Mm. Well, this is quite intense. So it was as though you know, I mean, no one knew what was going to be happening, and then all of a sudden, this volcano erupted. We know it erupted back in two thousand and two, but now we have the volcano has erupted, and we have earthquakes that are taking place. How is that on the ground, Pappy? You know, how does Fabrice feel about that? And how, how is that for people? You know, right now I've been reading as well that there have literally been hundreds of, of small tremors and earthquakes that have been taking place. You know, houses have been falling in. You know, what is, how is that experience for people that are actually living, living right in this crazy, crazy chaotic time? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, Lauren. Uh, thank you again. Yeah, this uh, is actually very devastating. What has happened? You know, um, the population after this volcano that took place on the twenty second, uh, the evening of Saturday, tw- uh, May twenty second, uh, people rushed and they started uh, they flee from the city, the outskirts of Goma, mm-hmm. um, around. Uh, 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 22,000 went to a town called Sake, uh, which is around six, seven kilometers from, uh, and other 5,000 people flee to uh, to Rwanda. Um, but the next morning, people started coming, and uh, as the people got back to their homes, they realized that the houses have been covered by lava, and uh, <laughs> and it was a very devastating uh, situation for for these families that you know, uh, we're not one that something was going to happen. All they had to run out with was uh, maybe a little bit, but the, all these houses were covered by lava with nothing taken out of it. And then even uh, to the shock, the, this, the next day, um, the earthquake also started and uh, they were cracked around the, the whole city of Goma. And in the main city of Goma, there were houses uh, falling. Right now, as we speak, there have been about 400 plus 400 earthquakes that are taking mm. uh, are taking place in the city of Goma. Um, 
the authorities and the normal NGOs they're fearing that there could be a next uh, a next eruption or which could go which is the seeing the detecting some stuff under under goma and this could could go until uh, lake kivu and if it goes that that will really be very catastrophic because it will affect the um the gas inside the lake kivu and this could cause massive massive uh, problem for the city of goma and so on uh, thursday in fact um the city was uh, the, the the government uh, um, uh, arrange a massive evacuation of the uh, places that were affected by uh, uh, this situation, the cracks and, and uh, where they detected lava. And but the government didn't really uh, provide any kind of ways uh, for the population uh, to to escape. So they just say, you you guys, you need to evacuate, and that's it. And so this brought a huge, a huge, a huge chaos in the city. People were going to to the ports. They were going by road. They were going the others by foot. Mm. And uh, at the at the at the moment as we speak, I think four hundred thousand people have have fled the, the the city of Goma, and uh, um, people don't know exactly what is going to happen, and. And um, the, the the government is not providing anything in mm. where these people are at the moment, and so it's just a very sad situation right now. Mm. And Fabrice, I'd like to ask you. You know how how are you feeling right now? Is it quite scary? Is it quite like unsettled? I would love to know how you feeling, and you know how the people around you are feeling. Euh, en fait, je dirais que c'est un peu plus difficile pour nous parce que, vous savez, nous, nous sommes dans un pays où il y a beaucoup de problèmes et quelquefois, ça, ça nous donne un peu des, des frissons ou de la peur parce qu'on ne sait pas quelles sont les informations exactes. À un certain moment, où il, y a, il, y a tout, il y a tout un, je sais pas, des cacophonies où tout le monde est en train de, de, de mettre des informations, ça pourra vérifier. Il y a le ministère de la communication qui met des informations, ça pourra vérifier. Il y a le gouverneur qui dit ceci. Il y a, je ne sais pas, un ministre qui vient aussi, il parle de ça. Alors, tout ça, ça nous met dans la peur et dans l'insécurité parce qu'on ne sait pas quelles, quelles sont les, les, quelles sont les, les, les mesures qui sont, qui, qui sont été prises par rapport à, à cette histoire. Quelle est l'info vraie? Qu'est-ce que nous devons prendre? À quoi est-ce que nous devons nous, nous et un peu plus, euh, vu qu'il y a eu, les, les, on avait demandé l'évacuation de, de toutes personnes, mais il n'y a pas eu d'assistance. Il n'y a pas eu euh, les gens où, par exemple, certaines personnes, comme notre gouvernement, devaient prendre cette responsabilité d'encadrer de, de, les gens. Et on a essayé de voir un jour, euh, ça fait des années passées, des, des simulations par rapport à, au volcan, mais malheureusement, ce n'était que des farces parce que euh, rien ne s'est fait. On est là, le volcan est venu, tout ce qu'on avait fait, soit disant des simulations pour euh, comment, faire, comment évacuer la population. Moi, je pense que c'était presque tout euh, un échec total de la part du gouvernement, pas d'assistance, tout ça. Alors, on attend seulement qu'il y a des, des gens à l'extérieur qui, 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 qui donnent des aides. Bon, notre, notre pays en, en, en soi, il ne fait absolument rien. Donc, c'est un, un peu plus difficile, ça ne nous met pas dans la confiance. 
Et entre autres, euh, il y a toujours les, les gaz qui menacent. Actuellement, là, il y a déjà le lac est monté de 8 mètres. 8 mètres, ça veut dire que ça, peut, ça commence déjà à atteindre les bords de, de certaines maisons au lac. Et ça constitue déjà un danger. Vu que d'abord ce matin, entre selon le lieu, il y a des gens qui, qui commencent à être asphyxiés, quelqu'un qui est mort dans une, dans une toilette euh, à cause du gaz. Donc ça commence à nous mettre dans l'insécurité. Le fait que notre gouvernement ne, veut pas, ne prend pas les choses au sérieux et, et ne veut pas vraiment s'impliquer. Je ne sais pas si ça implique ou pas, mais franchement, il devait encore faire beaucoup plus parce que ça devient trop dangereux. Oui, les menaces des volcans, peut-être qu'il est passé, mais les gaz aussi, c'est une autre chose. Donc, c'est un peu plus compliqué. Uh, this uh, this organization will communicate this. Uh, the the minister of what what will communicate this. The other thing and the uh, governor will com communicate uh, another thing. So we kind of thought that they were actually playing on us and and they were not being really serious. They, mm. There was nothing that was being done for the population to to um, evacuate for the evacuation of the population or even to have the people. Uh, that have been affected in uh, such a time as this. Now we are here, the volcano has come, and um, yeah, we basically don't know what to do. We are living in a, in fear, uh, not knowing what is going to be communicated next. Um, we, the government is not helping anything. Um, we're just waiting for the help to come from outside. I, mm. And uh, this, is a, this is really a bad situation. So uh, what we also feel right now is the gas, the gas in the in the lake. Hmm. See that the the waters in the lake has uh, uh, rise to um, eight eight liters, and this really is causing uh, some kind of fear for the population around Goma. Um, I can tell you of a situation that has happened in this area where a guy died in a, in a toilet because of the gas. And mm -hmm. so um, when, you, when you think about this situation, this really brings a certain fear that uh, is so deep that we don't, know, we don't know what to do or where to go. And uh, yeah, the government also does, just doesn't care about, about what is happening. Hmm. Wow, this is so intense. Like you actually, just both of you are just sharing with us and Papi, I must say that you're doing a good job in like translating and keeping keeping ahead of everything you know what it's it's so incredible this what you are sharing with us because you know we don't we're not hearing a lot of this you know the media isn't telling us a lot of this and maybe just because it isn't at this time we don't know why but this is so important for us to reflect on and to begin to think about you know what we could be doing how we could be praying and also how we can be helping at this time you know this is happening on our continent. This is happening on the African continent right where we are. We know that there are so many problems as well that are in Congo. We know there are so many internally displaced people. There is so many things that's happening there. And so we need to be thinking about, you know, what is happening and how we can really, really help. And that's something that I want to touch on when we get back. We're going to go to a really, really quick music break because I just feel like we need to let this settle in. We need to be thinking about how serious 
serious the situation is. It's not just like, oh, a volcano went off on the 22nd, a couple, you know, maybe like two weeks ago almost. And now it's all settled. It's not settled. There's so much that's happening. And I know that we're going to get deeper into it. So don't go anywhere. Enjoy some music. And then we'll see you when we get back. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today, and I'm joined by Pappy and Fabrice, and we are actually talking about the situation that's happening in eastern Congo, in Goma, and we know that the volcano has gone off, but we know that there have consistently been earthquakes, that we see refugees, we see intense situations that we're going to you know, explore a little bit further. Pappy, we also know that what we have been hearing is that children are not able to find their families and there's a lot of children that are not with their parents right now. You know, what exactly, I know that you are helping and your team are helping on the ground as well. What exactly is happening and how are you guys bringing help? I know that you've been involved with Kotaka Oyo, which is, you know, your baby and also Focus Congo. So what is what is actually happening? How are you guys helping at this time? Yeah. So um, when uh, the eruption to uh, the eruption took place, and people started running from <laughs> different direction, not knowing really where to go, because of lack of communication by the government, with the Congolese government, um, a household, you know, if you had children, and, and you know that, <laughs> as uh, in Congo, as specifically families uh, with a lot of children, mm. so people ran went from this direction and they didn't know where the children went. And uh, maybe some of the parents that couldn't make it, maybe the children ran and coming back into into the villages, they didn't find the parents. So many, many children, um, as we can count now, there was uh, 1,700, and if I'm not mistaken, children that so far they, uh, have been found. And some of them were taken care by the Red Cross. Fabrice was there by the Red Cross, really experiencing uh, how some of the parents were coming to found their children were still alive, and it was such a joy. If you see mm-hmm. the picture, is 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 beautiful, is amazing to see a father uh, finally finding their children. Mm-hmm. And many children didn't find their parents up until now. And so, as a uh, Fox Kong and Kitoko, uh, we've been going up there and collecting these children on the street that haven't uh, uh, found their parents and bringing them to the uh, an orphanage, uh, which we we support there in Goma. And as we right now, as we speak, we Fabrice, in fact, just came back from the orphanage where we supplied uh, um, basic basic need foods, water, and. Uh, the stuff that these children need and the orphanage need. So we're under our care. Hmm. But, um, I think around 40 children that we have collected and the orphanage itself has got about 80 kids. So we're taking care of all these kids, making sure that they're safe, making sure that they've got uh, food and they've got water. And uh, so, yeah, we also are assisting in uh, different ways. We also... So looking at how we're to provide emergency shelters for those families that are, are coming by that have been um, affected in the area of, um, um, oh, man, I, for, I forgot the name, uh, Fabrice, Fabrice, know the name, <laughs> <laughs> Buene, Buene is called actually. And um, uh, we have a team also that is in Saki where they 
biggest number, biggest com- concentration of uh, of uh, displaced, internally displaced people are looking at the situation and seeing the problem. And in fact, what I've just got the news that I've just gotten is that uh, many people that many people that are coming to this help is not really getting to the right foot, the right foot people. Mm-hmm. The inhabitants of this area, they're busy claiming this help instead of getting to the, the displaced people. And so this work really made me sad. I uh, got the images, I got the pictures of uh, what is happening there. And uh, I just really want to make sure that uh, the help that we're giving to these people are really getting to the right people. And that's why we have the team, we have Fabrice that really looking at everything and and making sure that we reach out to the people that we need to reach out to. Mm. This is such incredible work that you are all doing, such an incredible team. And Fabrice, I'd love to know from you, you know, how has it been, you know, seeing children that don't have families and also just, you know, trying to get them to a place of safety. How has that been? You know, how are people feeling? How are those children doing? And also, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. It's so incredible. Thanks so much, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that for us, it was a bit more difficult. It was difficult to see certain families detached from their children and other people. Euh, vu qu'il n'y euh, a eu pas d'encadrement de la part de notre euh, gouvernement, donc euh, c'était, c'était juste un des bandades euh, parce que tout le monde ne savait pas quoi faire. Il y a ceux qui quittaient ici, d'autres allaient dans d'autres sens, donc la population était un peu plus dé- dépassée et, et à ce moment-là, c'est, on ne savait pas comment on devait faire. Donc euh, il y a certaines personnes qui devraient quitter leur maison parce qu'il y avait déjà euh, le volcan qui arrivait juste tout près. Donc, euh, on sautait comme on pouvait, on sauvait des vies et tout le monde partait et il partait. Donc, euh, et voilà, c'est, c'est en, dans cette ambiance-là que vous voyez certains des enfants, ils, c'était un peu plus difficile pour eux de, euh, de, de revoir le, le, leurs parents. Donc, euh, vu qu'il n'y avait pas vraiment un certain encadrement ou quelque chose qu'on avait préparé dès le début et s'il y avait un volcan quelconque, donc voilà ce qu'on devait faire. Et voilà, ça n'a pas été fait malheureusement, donc euh, voilà, ça nous a tous surpris. Donc, euh, euh, je pense que c'est, c'est à notre gouvernement de voir comment ça doit se faire. Et voilà, la Croix-Rouge essaie un peu de, d'aider des certaines familles à, à retrouver des enfants, bien qu'il y a aussi d'autres organisations locaux ici qui travaillent et qui aident aussi d'aller à leur côté à leurs parents à trouver des enfants. Et notamment, j'ai euh, je vais parler des Goma actifs aussi. Il y, a, il y a d'autres personnes de bonne volonté aussi qui aident euh, certaines, euh, certains paras où ils détectent les enfants déjà perdus. Donc, euh, ils photographient. Donc, voilà. On photographie les enfants. On, on amène des photos et on donne aux paras aussi des, des, des photos pour qu'ils puissent identifier leurs enfants. Et on est en train d'aider euh, à, à d'autres, à des gens qui ont un peu perdu leurs enfants. Des, d'être un peu plus attaché et retrouver les, les parents voilà it was uh, it was really difficult to um to see the children separate from their from their from their parents um and this all happened because you know some people um realized very quickly that the lava was reaching their houses and they had to just run as quick as, as they could 
And um, so because there was no information that was provided or, uh, or when this might happen or how should we, which direction should we take in in, ten, in, in case uh, the, the volcano eruption happens. So this uh, brought a, a, a bit of chaos, people running from a different direction. And uh, this was a, this was really, really bad. Now it is for our government to do to mm -hmm. rectify uh, the fault, the faults, and and uh, to try and help uh, our people, but um, there are a lot of organizations that are really working on the ground. Um, we have uh, we have uh, the Red Cross that is uh, taking the children, and then we have uh, an organization like uh, Goma Active as well is also doing a great job, and then uh, many people uh, that are using social media. But if you identify a child, you take a picture and then you take a number and then you put it on a social media mm. and some uh, of the parents can see, okay, if they're on a social media, they can be able to see this is my child or other people can share this picture. And I've seen pictures being shared thousands, thousand mm. times and children being found because of this means and the means of social media. So, hmm. So, so Pappy, would you say, would you say there's still this hope, you know, or, you know, I would love to know as well, what are churches, are churches doing things are, you know, faith communities helping as well on the ground? And, you know, is there, is there hope? Is there people, I've always found that people in Congo carry so much hope and carry so much like belief and faith. You know, it's it's absolutely so incredible, even though people in Congo experience so much. There's always a sense of like there's hope. There's always a sense of belief and a sense of faith. Have you witnessed that? Is is that something that's real and that is happening as well? Yeah. Yeah, Lauren, besides the desperation right now and what is happening, I believe there is hope. Um, for example, having in the areas that way, the people are fleeing we are fleeing to we have uh, a lot of a lot of churches have opened the door mm. and uh, people are taking refuge refuge in this church in these churches not only churches we have also uh, private buildings uh, that are being opened for people to uh, seek to seek shelter in a this uh, this is really not enough. We have people uh, sleeping outside in the area of Sake, you know, people that went to Bukavu as well, like on the port. So um, besides, besides all what is happening, even the people that are sleeping outside, when you talk to them, they tell you that there, there is hope. You know, they want to be able to return back to their, to their, to their homes and, and restore their lives. So um, and then you also see hope in the time that uh, the international community is not caring so much. Uh, Congolese people are gathering together and saying, "Let's donate towards towards what is happening." Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to wait. Uh, this we don't have to wait um, for for NGOs, international NGO, to give us help. Now we can try and do it ourselves. Even a one dollar of donation. People are donating that don't have so much. They're donating one dollar to help their families are affected. Mm. But as you know, um, that is not going to be enough. Mm. Have four hundred thousand people that are displaced just because because of the volcano. And we know that every day in Eastern Congo alone, there is six thousand people that are are displaced every day because yeah. of uh, of uh, conflict conflicts. We have one hundred twenty uh, different um, arms groups operating in these areas. So um, it's a very, very sticky uh, situation. But um, in, besides all of that, the Congolese people are very resilient. Mm -hmm. They've gone 
they've dealt a bad hand, they've gone through a lot, but they keep on pushing, they keep on saying that, okay, we can we can do this. And you see that hoping people that are still coming back and saying, we're going to rebuild our Goma, we're going to go back to the place where we love so much. We just really want uh, also the international community, especially our fellow Africans, to look at us and really see what we we have gone through and uh, give us the support because this is is not just a problem of of Congo or or Mm. This is a problem of humanity. And if you really care for humanity, this is an opportunity for whatever listening <laughs> to, mm. uh, to care about the situation that is happening in Goma. Uh, quickly, I will, I will add, and um, what I've heard is that the problem also is that uh, international communities don't care. The international uh, news outlet don't care so much because, you know, this is a displaced people are not taking their way to the Mediterranean. It's not going to affect them anyway. Mm. So um, people don't care so much about that. But once it's happening within within uh, Congo, so... um. Yeah, that's what I've got to say. There is hope indeed. <laughs> mm. oh, thank you so much for that, Pappy. And I also wanted to know, you know, how can people connect with, you know, what you guys are doing? You know, can they connect with you on Facebook or, I don't know, over an email, website, something? How can people connect with you if maybe someone's listening and saying, you know what, I agree, this is about humanity. This is about the continent of Africa. I have a heart for this. And they just want to reach out and connect with you. Pappy, how can people do that? Um, There are several ways that people can connect with us. Uh, People can go to our website. It's www.focuscongo.com. Focuscongo.com. Or you can see us on Instagram or at Focus Congo, just as it is. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, at Ekitoko underscore Oyo. You can see what we're doing, but most of our, of our work on this situation is on our Kitoko Oyo social media and website. And maybe Fabrice want to give uh, his handles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think it's... À ce moment, pareil, donc, euh, je pense que nous, nous comme mon papy l'avait dit, c'est, c'est une question de... de... Donc, euh, voilà, on, on, je pense que tout le monde devait un peu s'impliquer euh, et essayer un peu de, 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 de voir si on peut faire quelque chose parce qu'il y a déjà l'épidémie de la choléra donc, qui, qui est un peu de, d'attaquer. Donc, euh, c'est, c'est déplorable. On déplore aussi les conditions des, des, des sinistrés qui sont des, des gens qui, qui sont partis euh, vers certaines euh, ils sont partis de certains euh, endroits, notamment à Saké où vraiment c'est un peu plus difficile où les gens sont en train de passer nuit dehors. Il euh, n'y a pas d'eau potable, il n'y a pas assez de toilettes, donc euh, tout le monde va faire tout ce qu'il veut de son côté et, et ça on crée déjà l'épidémie de choléra et quelque chose qu'on on ne pouvait pas envisager c'est c'est pas du tout une bonne chose et une autre chose que je dois je dois signaler c'est que euh, nous sommes un peu plus déçus parce que euh, on s'attendait beaucoup plus à ce que le président même euh, euh, face à un mot des, des euh, pour combattre la population mais malheureusement on n'a pas attendu un mot du président euh, j'ai vu juste une délégation de gouvernement qui est venue ici bon Je ne sais pas ce qu'ils ont fait, mais bon, euh, j'ai juste entendu, ils ont dit, ils ont parlé, ils ont parlé, mais je ne sais pas ce qu'ils ont fait, mais en tout cas, vraiment, 
je pense que la meilleure des choses, c'est vraiment de, de voir comment on peut éviter la choléra parce que c'est vraiment quelque chose de, de très, très mauvais, hein, très mauvais vraiment, avec vu les conditions de euh, les... Voilà, un peu so, yeah, so um, as, as, right now as we speak, there is a, a lot of people in the area of Saki where the, there is no clean water, there is no toilets, uh, people are sleeping in a very bad condition. Mm. And uh, um, as, uh, as uh, I said before, this is a question of humanity. We have all to care about what is happening there. And mm. not forgetting also, there's still also COVID uh, happening. So, yeah. Um, And the, what is really uh, very, what is very bad is that we were waiting for the president to give a speech about this situation, but the president hasn't said anything, and it's been up to a week. And mm -hmm. it's really, really sad to see that the president of a country is not is just keeping quiet. Mm -hmm. He sent a delegation to Goma, and uh, yeah, we didn't see the job there. They just came there, and that's it. And so um, I would like to call up on everyone who's listening to you know, to really look into this situation, know that we are all together as a humanity. Hmm. Amen to that. And Papi, I want to say thank you so much for being here today. Fabrice, thank you so much. Uh, merci. <laughs> I hope I pronounced it correctly. <laughs> but thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much to both of you for everything that you were doing, but also for shining light on exactly what is happening. And our hearts and our prayers today are going to be with you and with the people of Congo, with the people of Goma, with the people that are really, really in the middle of the situation. And that's a challenge I want to give to the listeners as well, that this is about us also praying. You know, it's a powerful tool that we have and we need to use that as well and connect with Pappy, connect with Fabrice over, you know, social media. I will give those handles out at the end of the show. But again, Pappy, thank you, Fabrice. Thank you so much. Mm. And may God richly bless everything that you both are thank doing and keep you safe. Us. Thank you for having us, Lauren. Thank you. God bless. Okay, so at the beginning of the show, I said that I really felt like my heart was stirred. And even before we got into this conversation today, you know, my heart was just stirred to have a moment of prayer. And now after having spoken to Fabrice and Papi and hearing what is happening, but yet hearing that there is hope, yet hearing that people are doing things on the front lines and, and on the ground, I think that it's it's appropriate that we end our voice of change today with a prayer. A prayer for the people in Congo. Prayer for the people on our continent. Prayer because just like they kept on saying, this is a humanity reality. And we need to lift this up to God. So let us just pray together. Pray with me now. Father, we just thank you so, so much that we can come to you with all of these things. And Father, sometimes we say, oh, well, all we can do is pray. But no, Father, it's not all that we can do. It is the most powerful thing that we can do. And today we want to lift up the situation that is happening in Congo to you. And Father, we want to pray that you will comfort the people in Congo, that you will provide help and food and water and care and comfort and every single thing that is needed in that situation today. We want to ask, Father, that you'll protect the lives of those who are helping, those who are helping through organizations, through the Red Cross, through churches, Father, through just people who are, are just feeling that they need to help. Protect their lives. And, Father, we pray that you will be with the people. We pray for such a huge turnaround in this situation. We pray that you will do miracles, that people will experience miracles, 
miracles at this time and give people in Congo peace that shalom that you speak about in your word and father we know that your your hand is powerful we ask that it will move into the situation and we pray father that there will be a huge turnaround in congo for the good father and we pray because we don't want people to be more displaced we don't want people to be living in situations that are tough father we ask for an intervention all we can do is lift the situation up to you. We pray for your power and your peace to reign supreme and to go forth in this situation. We praise you. We thank you. We pray this in the mighty name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, it's been so good to be with you today. It is so good to be talking about topics that are happening right now and that we need to know about. Don't forget, continue to pray for this situation. Join with us as we pray. And don't forget, go on over and connect, you know, Focus Congo on social media or focuscongo.com or go on over to Kitoko and then there's that under slash oil to see the photos that have been shared by the team and that are coming out every day. The photos alone are powerful the videos alone will just take you right into what is happening at this time so you know what it's been fantastic to be here next week on the show i have a wonderful show we're going to be talking about trauma and the impact of trauma and how do we deal with traumatic situations how do we deal with the trauma of the last year what powerful tools can we implement i'm going to be joined by the trauma institute and they're doing such fantastic work across africa and actually the globe so you don't want to miss it see you next week this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m please visit kpulpit.co.za